What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O Group, and I am here uh, doing the What to Know podcast show semi-live, even though I'm not really live. I am with um, the principal Song Ding, and I love the fact that she helped me with her name because she has a C at the beginning of her name, but it's Song uh, at Comcast Ventures, and we are actually at a Comcast event today. It is the Millennials Tech for Change conference. She's one of the speakers later today. I'm looking forward to seeing her. Welcome, Song. Thank you. I'm excited to be on the podcast, Erin. Well, we're excited to have you, and we're sitting here on the beautiful roof deck of the Pearl in San Francisco, so anyone that's ever been here, it looks out over the, the bay, and uh, we happen to have, be in the tent today, but so it's a little warm on the roof, but it's a beautiful day. So I want to dig in, and one of the things I always like to start with my guests is talking a little bit about your background. I believe you went to Duke University, I think, for your um, schooling. Um, you took a fairly traditional path into the finance world, but you did do tours. And I'm just checking my notes here to make sure to keep me honest. Morgan Stanley and then Yahoo. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, one, what got you interested in the world of venture capital? And two, what did you learn along the way working at a couple of very well-known brands in Morgan Stanley and Yahoo? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's always funny for me when people look at my background and oftentimes assume that I had some very carefully crafted mastermind plan. Um, in actuality, it was much more serendipitous than that. So when I was in college, I really became passionate about the study of economics, um, how global companies and, and organizations um, participated in both the interest rate as well as the foreign exchange markets. So my first job out of college was actually... Um, on the trading floor as a currency derivatives trader. So very uh, not tied to technology and what I'm doing today. And over the, over the course of my time there, um, ended up switching to a different team at Morgan Stanley focused on banks, insurance companies, um, more of a traditional finance investment banking route. And what ended up happening is, while you know most of my uh, right brain was occupied by my day job, I really found myself a little bit stifled in terms of creativity. I um, am a huge, avid consumer of all things content, and you know it was basically outside of all of my working hours, consuming every type of short form video content, digital content that was out there. And as I really fostered this hobby, kind of came to this realization need to switch the two, need to make the thing I'm doing in my spare time the job and, and vice versa. So um, once again, through you know um, a pretty fortuitous series of events, ended up um, connecting with the corporate development team at Yahoo. And you know Yahoo is a, a great example of a technology plus content company, thought it was a great fit for where I was interested and uh, made the move from the East Coast in New York out to San Francisco um, and spent, you know, a really incredible year at Yahoo. The people there, the energy, the culture, it was it was a really exciting time to be there. Everyone was very focused on growth and coming up with new ideas to inject life into you know this very um, historic and kind of legacy Silicon Valley company. Um, after spending about a year there, um, ended up uh, you know seeing several different phases of the company ending eventually in the decision to move forward with the sale of the company. Um, so at that point in time, one of my colleagues connected me to the team at Comcast Ventures, connecting the dots for me, content plus tech, and, and that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. 
Well, it's great. And one of the things I do want to talk about is uh, Comcast Ventures is a little bit of a unique animal in terms of what it does. And you and I were talking about this in our prep, and you actually had a analogy, which I will not steal from you. But tell us a little bit about uh, what Comcast Ventures does and how you're a little different than sort of the average bear when it comes to venture capital. And then I'd love to ask a little more about your personal focus and investment strategy. Absolutely. So I think what really excites me about working on the Comcast Ventures team is that we function like traditional institutional investors and in that our goal is to help identify the best and brightest entrepreneurs and aid them on their journey to build you know, great and, and world-changing companies. And where the Comcast and the corporate piece really comes into play is the platform and the assets and resources that we have available that we would like to leverage to help the entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, many different corporates are now entering the venture capital uh, environment and um, it, it's really exciting to see everyone you know, from Pizza Hut, I believe, to JetBlue, you know, starting to think about innovation and, and technology and, and growth. And um, specifically for Comcast Ventures, the way we operate is um, after investment is made, we as uh, you know, board members and participants will go back and explore opportunities that we have available to us to see if there are any interesting commercial or business development opportunities that we can you know, help facilitate. And um, you know, I, I really think that's the, the best kind of blend of both is you get the uh, guidance and governance of a financial and an operational investor with some of the benefits and, and value that you can get from you know being backed by a large uh, corporation. So, but I do want to make sure we get your analogy of the uh, explore the famous explorers right. here. Right. So, so you know what I kind of just shared was really how an entrepreneur might view us, and um, the flip side. Uh, thank you for for reminding me is what value and role we play within our company. So, if you think about the role of a corporate venture capital team, you know we're headquartered intentionally out in San Francisco when the rest of you know our, our corporate headquarters are, are back east, mainly because we want to be you know three to five years ahead of where anyone else and and any other team in the company is currently looking at or, or thinking about. And so the analogy that you know we think is pretty apt is we like to kind of call ourselves the Lewis and Clark of, of Comcast in that you know things that are just emerging and, and small pockets of people and talent are just starting to dabble and experiment in Silicon Valley, we want to be there you know, see it, um, learn about it, so that in five years or ten years or even you know one year, when it does become something exciting and, and momentous, we're already there. You know, we're we're connected to the right people. We're part um, partnering with the right companies, and and can help Comcast and NBC Universal um, be fast and, and agile and adapting and innovating with those companies. Yeah, and that's a great strategy. And I think we were talking a little bit about Intel Ventures being probably our Intel Capital being a little like that. Um, I do want to focus a little more on what you, in particular, uh, your portfolio. So I know, just in looking at my notes here, that you're focusing on some very cool things like consumer tech, AR, VR, um, autonomous mobility. Talk a little bit about that, and then maybe, if you can, a little bit of your investment strategy what do you look for in companies? You know, what do you look for in founders, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am mostly focused on the consumer investing front. So everything from direct-to-consumer brands, um, such as in our portfolio, we're investors in Away, uh, the the luggage company, um, to emerging tech categories such as chatbots, consumer AI, uh, VR, autonomous vehicles. And um, what's really fascinating is from the outside, I often get this reaction of, you know, why is Comcast thinking about autonomous vehicles or or VR? And you know, if you dig even 
even a little bit deeper into the possibility, it, it gets, starts getting very exciting. So for example, in my work on autonomous mobility and in the future of transportation, Comcast is one of the largest fleets of trucks out there. You know, we've got this massive fleet of cable trucks driving around all, you know, different environments, cities, suburban, um, driving very repeatable routes, getting, you know, potentially very um, good data about what the landscape looks like. And then, you know, you take that and, par and pair it with a startup based out here in Silicon Valley trying to build a self-driving car and the synergies are, you know, or, or even opportunities for learnings are, are pretty apparent. And I would say the same about VR and AR. We've got these incredible theme park uh, operations. Uh, we've got the studios. There's really a lot of you know opportunities for why um, we would be an incredible investor and, and partner for building a company in one of these emerging tech areas. Um, in terms of you know what I look for and, and what really gets me excited. I think it really does start with the team. I know that's probably the most cliche thing you could probably hear, but... Um, I think it's underrated. I think people, you know, they always want to focus on tech and what I've heard in interviewing a number of venture folks and innovators is it actually really is very much about the team. You might have the best idea in the world. If the team is not right, then no venture company is going to touch them. Oh, absolutely. And, and um, you know, when you think about team and you think about the challenge that it takes to to create a company and especially one in a new category. It's one thing to maybe build a, a new business of an existing business model, but when you're dealing with technology that doesn't even exist, the resilience and kind of the the vision and ability to be nimble and pivot if needed, it, it all really comes down to the managing and founding team. And so I think that's, that's what um, is probably the most exciting and also rewarding part of working um, in the early stage tech and venture space. That's awesome. Um, I do want to ask you, like, you mentioned a couple of companies already, so thank you for sharing, but any other companies or maybe even emerging technologies that you're particularly excited right now that the listeners should know about? Yeah, you know, I think um, I spent a lot of time last year and, and, and this year as well thinking about how conversations and, and messaging you know, could impact some of the way we think about uh, content and media. And so one of the investments that I, I'm you know, super excited about is, is our investment in automat.ai. And the company here is really championing this idea of conversational marketing, where for you know, so long, brands weren't able to talk, um, to have a two-way conversation with their customers. It was very one-sided. All marketing and kind of digital outreach was pushed. There was no feedback. Um, and so if you think about bots, and this idea that for the first time consumers can reply or share information or um, engage with a brand personified, you know, that's a really powerful and kind of exciting opportunity. So what the Automat team is doing is they're trying to you know, build out the, the platform and the capabilities for different brands. They're starting with the beauty category um, to enable a brand to personify itself and to have a two-way conversation with, with its customers. So you can imagine, you know, if I'm XYZ brand, I create a, a bot or, you know, AI version of myself and I can ask questions, you know, get responses and, you know, collect information about my customers and my users at a granular level that I've never been able to do before. And so, you know, that's kind of an intersection of consumer plus some of emerging technology um, that, you know, I, I think is really exciting, especially in the content and, and uh, media space. Yeah, it's exciting times we live in right now. I mean, it seems like we always say that, but I'm a little further along in the journey than you are. And I worked at Fidelity Investments early days. And so I've been doing digital for 20 or 25 years. And I remember early days of mobile where People are like, oh, this mobile thing is going to be amazing. And so it's amazing just how technology is evolving and the speed of technology. 
So let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk a little bit more about you personally. This is the section where I want to talk maybe about influences in your life. It could be a college professor, might be a uh, family member, maybe it's someone that you've worked with that really has left an impression on you and maybe it's even someone that you don't know but someone that you know about and, and they've really left an imprint on your career. Um, you know, I think someone that immediately comes to mind is uh, a former colleague of mine. So I was fortunate enough to work for um, Jackie Reese's when I was at Yahoo. She ran the corporate development team there. And, um, you know, as someone who both worked in uh, the traditional finance and investment banking space and then was trying to make a transition into uh, technology and, and content and media, it was really great to have someone like Jackie because her background very much mirrored that path and that transition. Um, and, you know, as a first timer into Silicon Valley, um, she was an incredible person to kind of help get me on board and introduce me to, to um, you know, all the different opportunities and ways to think about innovation and growth um, you know, at Yahoo. So let's talk about books. And I don't presume that anyone reads books anymore, although I'm always pleasantly surprised by the selections people have. Are there any books that you've read, either business, you know, fiction, historical, over the last couple of years that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'd love to share two. Um, the first one is very much... Um, more of like a business or, or self-development one, which is Grit by Angela Duckworth. And, you know, I kind of picked it up thinking, great, this is probably going to be another one of these books that I, you know, flip through and, you know, maybe there's a few good sound bites, but I was actually riveted by pretty much, you know, all of it um, by this idea that resilience and, and grit can be trained. You can train yourself to, to um, have these uh, characteristics and, and exhibit these behaviors. Um, and some of the research that she's done is, is really, really eye-opening. And then the second one I would, I would mention is more of kind of a personal um, choice, which is Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. It's a collection of essays from when she um, was the columnist, Dear Sugar. And, you know, it's a great book that I kind of had on my coffee table and every now or then, particularly when I was, you know, feeling maybe a little bit demotivated or, or a little bit um, unsure of, of my place and my role, you pick it up, you read some of these stories and it's just such a close and, and um, deeply um, personal um, book that, you know, really reminds me of the humanity and, and how, uh, you know, different people at different places struggle but have hope and, you know, it's a, it's a great kind of book to have lying around where you pick up and, and read a few little doses of wisdom here and there. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I always do like it when people go beyond just the business book, not that they have to, but it is nice to know personally what's inspiring you versus something that you've read that might be a more traditional business book. Um, so the last question, and this is funny because you and I were prepping, and I think the one that you were angsting about the most, which theoretically is the easiest one or the silliest one, but it's the one a lot of people grapple with because they want to get it right. Um, I ask all my guests, you know, if you're on a deserted island, uh, you can only listen to one album, presuming, you know, people even listen to albums anymore. And, uh, you know, what is it and why would you pick that album? Yeah, so I, you know, this is the one I really thought a lot about. And I think where I was initially thinking was, you know, I'm a huge fan of soundtracks. Um, it's, it's like a total geeky, nerdy thing. I was in band very much growing up. And so movie soundtracks are like a really big passion of mine. Um, and so I was thinking, well, maybe if I'm going to be on a deserted island, I should have like the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack or something with me so that when I'm doing the epic things like building a boat or building a hut, I can have this like great soundtrack. Um, so that's that's one way that I was, you know, brainstorming. But I think kind of if you 
honestly picked up my iPhone and looked at what album I've been playing on repeat for the last month or so, it actually is Taylor Swift's reputation. So if I had to be realistic and, and not try to be too creative, I, I think that might be the, um, the final answer. Well, two things. One, good choice. Um, I think I was looking through Rolling Stone's top albums of 2017. I think she was in the top 10. Uh, you almost, or you did actually find the loophole, because normally I try to tell people, stay away from greatest hits if you can, but certainly the soundtrack is that one end around that I haven't thought of, so uh, very clever on your part. Uh, well, we will bring the conversation to a conclusion, and I have to say, Song, you did a gorgeous job. I know you've done interviews before, but this is your first official podcast, so thank you. I've been talking to Song Ding, who is a analyst at Comcast Ventures. This is Aaron Stroud, the host of the What to Know podcast show. CMO of W2O Group, and we are here today at Comcast's Millennials Tech and Change Conference or Summit, um, and it's been an uh, amazing event so far, so thank you. Thank you. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash whattoknow. <laughs>